This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series that's now turned into the Arsenal Transfer Show. Sorry, lost my head a little bit there. Um, but welcome to the TGT Stadium. It's because I'm tired. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. Yesterday I had a small, very small, minor, said to be minor, operation on my foot. And basically yesterday night was a write-off. One hour's sleep, pure pain all night. I won't go into detail because it's it's not exciting but I am very tired (laughs) and uh, I would love to sleep, but I can't because there's too much pain to sleep, unfortunately, right now. Um, But uh, I'm going to try and sleep throughout the day, but I did not want to see you guys miss out on a show this morning. So we put together a show. It might not be the longest show in the world, um, but uh, we're definitely going to be talking through as much as we can regarding Arsenal. If you could drop a like on the video, I would really, really appreciate it. And of course, subscribe to the channel. If you're new around here with those notifications turned on, so you never miss a show. Good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Gunnar Jake, AFC Till I Die. Uh, King, good morning to you, who certainly needs to improve his FPL skills. <laughs> Magic, good morning. Damien, Olu, Balaji, Humble House, good Good morning, guys. Uh, Kaiser, Kieran, Anthony, Blackshine, Axshat, Dave, Martin, Paul, Harvey. Hope you're doing good. I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, I, I try my best. I, I try my utmost to bring you continuous content, even if it is at my own expense. But yes, uh, thank you so much. Uh, the painkillers are there, Pedro. I'm dosed up. I'm very much dosed up and just hoping that it doesn't affect uh my speech too much although that said the start of the show was a little bit of a rocky one hopefully it's not done too much damage um we start off with Hector Bellerin his agent flew to London yesterday and talks with the club supposedly did not go exactly to plan Uh, and at the moment there is no agreement in place to terminate his deal Arsenal was said to still be holding firm on trying to get some kind of transfer fee for the player uh Obviously, that's great and that's good. And we want to see that happening. We want to see Arsenal um, trying to, of course, get into a position whereby we can get some money for the player. But 
I'm just hoping at least we can try and get something. Uh, we might end up getting nothing. And and that's probably the reality of the situation. But uh, I think that if we can get the little amount of money for Bellerin, it would go a long way to kind of drawing a small positive from an overall negative situation. Pablo Marie, latest, despite the fact that Hellas Verona had offered a permanent contract supposedly to the player, Monza have not given up hope and uh, they're very determined indeed to try and sign Pablo Marie. If that means trying to change the way in which they offer a deal to Arsenal, that might be what gets it done. But Monza have not given up on their hope of signing Marie despite Hellas Verona's recent interest. It is a deal that we expect to be fairly uh, conclusive within this week and hope to have more news on where Pablo and Marie will end up soon. You can be sure that we'll update you as soon as we do hear about that. Now, uh, I can finally talk a little bit more about uh, my trip to London Colney as well. As you guys know, I went to the Arsenal training ground a couple of weeks ago now to sit down with Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, I couldn't talk about it because of another separate embargo, of course. Um, but also with Aaron Ramsdale was Granit Xhaka uh, and sitting down in a room of, of course, my colleagues at other outlets talking to both Ramsdale and Xhaka was a very interesting uh, experience, definitely. There will be no spoilers uh, for the episodes four to six of All or Nothing. I'm going to give you no hints, no nothing, okay? I'm not talking about episodes four to six. I have seen them, but I'm not going to talk about them. If you want spoilers or if you want to hear some of my thoughts and some of the things that do happen, uh, I've written a piece over on Football.London about uh, some of the Abamyang stuff. You know that that happens because it was in the teaser for episode four. So no spoilers here today. So don't worry about that happening at all. But one of the things that I can now talk about is what Granit Xhaka was talking about during uh, our conversation at Colney a couple of weeks ago. And one of the big takeaways from that trip and from that experience was that very much Granit Xhaka still feels as the Arsenal captain. Aaron Ramsdale, let it be known, all of his kind of complimentary terms about Xhaka. And when Xhaka was actually asked the question about whether or not we make a lot more of the captain's armbands than he does, he was simply short with his answer and just said, absolutely. You know, we as fans, as media, certainly um, do make a lot more of the captain's armbands than what the players do, the club does, what they inside the club do. There's an acceptance that Granit Xhaka is kind of an unofficial captain. That's the feeling I certainly got from the conversation. He still very much leads that team. We saw the clip, of course, of him doing the team talk during the Sevilla game in the Emirates Cup. He is, despite the fact that Erdogan wears the armband, for me, very much still the club captain of Arsenal. He did speak about the armband. He said he basically doesn't believe in it at this stage. You know, he obviously went through that controversy that he has. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's... It's a frustratingly um, unofficial situation, but it's not one that's going to change. And do I blame? Do I blame Granite Xhaka for um, having that view? Not really. Do I think that we do as fans make too much of the captain's armband? Yes, I think there is far too much put on the captain as kind of a position. Ultimately, football's moved on since the days of Tony Adams and Patrick Vieira. You know, we don't have captains like that anymore. And I think we do obsess over having a captain like that. It's just not going to happen. Um, and so all we need is leaders. We need as many leaders as possible. And I think this Arsenal group has more leaders. I don't necessarily think we have a standout captain bar Xhaka and his leadership skills. I think Erdegaard is a, you know, is a good example. He's exactly what Arteta wants on a player and he can get his ideas across in the best way. You've got someone like Kieran Tini that's good, Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale. I think William Saliba is going to grow into a leader. I think Gabriel's growing into a leader. I think Jesus and Zinchenko are going to be leaders in this group as well. 
Bakaya Saka, of course, just through what he's some of the things he's gone through as a player already and such a shining example to the youth. He is certainly a leader in the group too. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now with the captaincy. It was a very interesting discussion to sit down and, and listen to those two. I'll tell you what, sitting in a room with Granite Xhaka, he's an intimidating guy. That's what I'll say. He's a very intimidating guy. Just what you think he's going to be like, he is like that. Um, but he was still very uh, open and honest about all of his answers that he spoke to. Um, Dan, I have not seen the whole series. I've seen episodes four to six. I imagine that I'll see the episodes seven to nine uh, ahead of time as well. But, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're very good. I saw a question from Dave says, are they good? Four to six are a lot better than one to three. So you're in for a treat when they come out, of course, on Thursday on Amazon Prime. So make sure you go and give it a watch. Uh, now, Cody Gakpo, uh, we haven't talked about him in quite a while, but it is no longer Arsenal that are talking uh, about this club um, and unfortunately it seems Manchester United seem ahead of Arsenal in the potential race for Cody Gakpo again very strange you know I like Cody Gakpo a lot I think he's a quality player I think he's got a lot of potential plenty of goals assists creativity directness physicality aerial threat all of that versatility too Man United I'd I don't really get this. Jaden Sancho, Alanga, Marcus Rashford, you know, they've got plenty of players that can play on that left-hand side and they've got plenty of wide forwards. Why they need Cody Gakpo, I don't really know. Um, I'm not, no, it's not me. I don't want to come across as some kind of salty Arsenal fan that wanted Gakpo and now he's going United. That's not the reasoning behind my viewpoint on this. I, I honestly cannot get my head around their transfer strategy right now. Eric Ten Hag is at the club. He's fully integrated in transfers. He was only going to move to Man United had he been offered the opportunity to be very much involved in the transfer policy. And so far, I get that they're bringing in players from the Eredivisie because he knows that league very well of Malassia and Martinez and now they're looking to get Gakpo. But Adrian Rabiot doesn't make any sense. And I know they've pulled out of the race to sign Marco Anatovic, but still, even that is this was a very strange one. United are an absolute mess and I hope they continue to fall away from any kind of challenge for the top four. Uh, Jeremy Pino, an interesting one. Uh, reports emerged yesterday. Uh, Sport Witness reported uh, that supposedly Arsenal aren't that in for Jeremy Pino despite all of those reports that we've discussed and talked about from Spain. Despite all of those suggestions, he is not supposedly someone that Arsenal have really pushed into. It's a player that the club like still and that certainly seems clear. But no bid, um, no offer has yet been made at this stage for Jeremy Pino, um, according to Sport Witness. So it's it's one again that I think that we're going to see Arsenal because we know that they're in for a wide player. We know that they want one. You are going to see plenty of links to wide players. And we're going to talk about another one in a second as well. Yuri Tillemans. Now, uh, you know uh, from my reporting over on football.london that it is, I don't often break, you know, too many news lines. I don't often report too much information. I'm going to go into a lot more detail about why that is tomorrow in a show with a fellow journalist of mine talking not about transfers in the sense of reporting on them, getting um, in the sense of giving you any information. So if you're going to crave info on what's going on with Tillemans or whatever, and you're going to tune in tomorrow afternoon for that show, that's not what the show's going to be. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be joined by uh, another journalist to talk about the reality of talking, reporting, and breaking kind of news on transfers and what that's actually like from our perspective. And one of the big reasons why I don't really like reporting 
news and certain information is because the abuse, the the tweets, the reactions that you get, it just it's not enjoyable. You know, I don't I have to be honest, I don't really get a lot out of necessarily breaking news or breaking a story. And that's really sad, you know, because as a young as a young guy, I wanted to be in this business, wanted to do this as a job. And you'd think that breaking stories and breaking news would be a great thing. And it is for about, unfortunately, 10 or so minutes. Because after that, I tell you, the, the abuse is just unreal. Like the, the level of expectation. Like it's never, great story. Thanks for the info. Uh, it's always, what's next? What's next? Or that's BS. You're lying, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I only ever give out info if I have double and triple checked that information. And Yesterday, I reported that Arsenal are uh, prepared, if necessary, to wait until 2023 to sign Yuri Tielemans on a free contract when his contract expires. This is information I heard from one source that was then double-checked and then triple-checked. And only after getting those kind of triple-checks did I put out that information. And so... To give you some clarity around this situation, Arsenal are in no rush to sign Yuri Tielemans. That's not exactly breaking news, is it? We're we're in August now and we haven't signed him. The new piece of information that I put out was that Arsenal would even be willing to go all the way until next summer to sign Tielemans on a free. They feel as though Leicester's asking price of around £32 million, as far as I'm aware, is, is far too high for a player with just a year left on his deal and that's got already got that agreement in place with Arsenal and is very, very open to that move. Now, that could change. Arsenal still could sign Tillemans this window. And what would spark that is one of two things. The first one, obviously, being if Leicester lower their demands for the player. And secondly, if another team comes in for Yuri Tillemans and it's a deal that looks like it could be done. Either of those two things happens, Yuri Tillemans, I expect, will be approached by Arsenal in terms of an official bid, or Leicester at least will be approached by Arsenal in terms of an official bid. That's the expectation. But the information I got yesterday is that if neither of those two things happen, Arsenal are not keen on overpaying for Tillemans in this window and are happy to wait. The risk with that, as I know other people have also reported, is that he could be put off by this. He could be frustrated by this stance from Arsenal. He could be um, irritated by the fact that Arsenal aren't clearly, you know, overly committed in paying to try and get him. And the other thing is, is that his relationship with Leicester is still pretty good. You know, the relationship between him and the club is still okay. Uh, It was reported earlier on in the season, I think by Sky, that uh, a potential one-year extension could be agreed in order to protect his value so that Leicester could then sell him on for the same kind of figure in the following summer after another season with the club. Um, and that's that's the situation with Tillemans right now. Can Arsenal still sign the player this summer? Yes. Do they want to? Yes. But only for a price that they feel is reflective of the player that they're getting for a year remaining on his deal. But they are prepared to wait and they are in absolutely no rush to get this deal done. They feel as though their squad is is good enough, even though they want to sign a midfielder. They still are very much feeling that their squad is good enough um, and that signing an extra midfielder would be a big bonus to them this summer. I agree with Tyron in the chat box. I feel Arsenal have to sign a midfielder. Have to sign a midfielder this summer. Ideally one that's box to box, that can do things in the final third, that can also cover defensively. We need a central midfielder. 
And that is just so factually true at this stage that I will be very disappointed in the club if by the end of the summer transfer window, we haven't signed one. Um, and that, unfortunately, uh, is a potential reality that we may have to come to terms with. Arsenal are still active. Arsenal still want to do business. Uh, and in particular, in central midfield and in a wide area, that's what they want to do. But yeah, going back now, now you've been fully updated on that. And that's kind of my understanding of the situation, having double and triple check that info is that. Yeah, it was yesterday was um, a frustration and it genuinely makes you sometimes sit back and question and you go, why, why? And you think about like, you know, people like David Ornstein, people like Fabrizio Romano, people that are very, very well connected, hundreds, thousands of times more connected than me and that are constantly putting out information and news. If you click on a tweet from Ornstein, from Romano, from plenty of other colleagues that are very well connected, in the replies, do you ever see... Thanks for that. Great information. Wow, brilliant. No, it's always, what about this player? News on Chelsea, news on United. What about this? It's an unforgiving and very, very demanding job. Um, And I don't necessarily envy that side of it. Why I do this is because I love talking about Arsenal. I love writing about Arsenal. I love speaking about Arsenal. I love discussing and debating Arsenal. And it being my job is not something I ever take for granted. But I do think that people should be a little bit more understanding of the reality of it. And so tomorrow I'm going to be joined by a fellow journalist to talk a lot about that, the reality of it, how we deal with it, how uh, and, and, you know, be quite real about it. So I look forward to bringing you that show tomorrow afternoon at 6 p.m. Now, our last story uh, is on Pepe. No, not Nicolas Pepe. No, not the centre-back Pepe, but the third Pepe, whose middle name you'll be very, very happy to know is Gabriel. Eduardo Gabriel Aguinho Cosa, a.k.a. Pepe, is being linked with a move to Arsenal. Uh, According to, uh, I'm reading this from the Evening Standards live blog, uh, Arsenal have already spent big on one Porto player this summer and are said now to have turned their attention to Pepe. Now, looking at who they reference as a source, uh, a Bola, who are a Portuguese outlet, claim that Arsenal have launched a £34 million bid for Pepe, who acted as Luis Diaz's replacement after he joined Liverpool. I don't know all that much about Pepe. I do know that this is a report we should probably take with a bit of a pinch of salt. As I said, with the Jeremy Pino situation, Arsenal are in for a wide player and there are going to be a lot of links with Arsenal and wide players in the closing stage of the window because, you know, outlets know that we want a wide player. Last season, he scored six goals, got six assists in 42 games across all competitions. He's 25 years of age. He's he's good. You know, raw goal and assist statistics are not a fair representation of how good he is. Um, That, from speaking to a couple of people who've watched him plenty more than I have, uh, have told me that, you know, he's far better than his goal and assist record suggests. However, I don't think this is a move that I can get behind if it's real, which I don't necessarily have all that confidence that it is. Um, but if a 25-year-old player at this kind of level is what we're looking at, it's very, very different. Um, very different to what I was expecting. You know, if it's between him and Jeremy Pino, it's it's Pino. If it's between him and Musa Diaby, it's Diaby. If it's between him and Cody Gakpo, it's Cody Gakpo. You know, I just feel as though this would not be the type of signing that the club have been making. Um, and that, for me, is a bit of a problem. But uh, yeah, it doesn't move me uh, either, Riley's in the chat. So there you go. 
that completes all of today's news stories. I'm going to stick around and answer a few, a few more of your questions before I go back to bed. Um, but uh, after this short break, we'll be tackling as many of them as we can in the next short space of time. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Matt Tomo. Uh, thank you so much uh, for the kind donation. He says, forget the trolls. We love and appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, mate. That's really kind of you. And uh, and it means a lot, genuinely. Uh, just hearing positive comments, the positive feedback is is always really welcome. I read through the comments on the videos. I try and respond to as many of them as I can. Uh, it's tricky sometimes, but I, they don't go amiss, amiss. Trust me, they really, really don't. Dan says, why do we need a centre mids? We have Xhaka, Partey, Lukonga, Elneny, Vieira, Zinchenko, Mainsley, maybe White and Smith-Rowe and Odegaard. I think we have depth depth is not the issue and this is why i've said for a while that my opinion on the priority of who what kind of position we should go for has changed for me we need to go for the wide forwards as a priority now my view has kind of changed on this i think ensuring that we've got cover centrally and in a wide area of a higher standard is definitely for me more of a priority and the reason for that is because of as you said there down the number of players we have in central midfield is significant however I still think that there is a reason to bring in a central midfielder because we need to push the needle in that position because we haven't done it for two summers. Fabio Vieira, we don't know. He might be a 10, he might be a wide player, he might be able to play at eight, he's not really played at eight for Porto, he might be able to do that job, we don't know. Smith Rowe, I always feel struggles playing at eight and hasn't necessarily had the best of games, so I wouldn't include him there. Uh, ben White, no, you know my feelings on that. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is probably going to be moving on um, and so won't be involved either. For me, we need to make sure that we go and uh, and grab a central midfielder of real quality before the season, uh, the summer, sorry, finishes. Uh, Lynn says, my concern, Tom, now is that Arsenal appears to have dried up on getting a midfielder in and the money is there to buy. So why don't we just go and do it? Uh, they don't want to overpay. That's been the theme of the summer. They don't want to overpay for players. They didn't want to overpay for Rafinha, so they didn't sign him. They didn't want to overpay for Martinez, so they didn't sign him. They didn't want to overpay for Jesus, so they got him for 10 million less than Man City were asking for. They didn't want to overpay for Zinchenko, so they got him for a price that Man City originally thought they would get more for. They don't want to overpay for players. That's the theme of this summer. So we might have money, but the club are not willing to overpay more than what they value the player anymore and have done that so frivolously and mistakenly in the past with players like Mustafi, like Socrates, etc. And we need to stop doing that. So I have a level of patience and respect for the fact that they are not willing to overpay for certain players. Um, let's go to Juno, who says, speaking on the abuse received breaking news, I saw yesterday Charles Watts was getting abuse for not breaking news since Partey on deadline day. Twitter is just a cesspit. Look, Charles Watts is a brilliant journalist, very, very well connected. And him not breaking news, so so what? Like, you know, he has done, he has broken some brilliant stories over the past, like, uh, several years of his time, not just with goal, but of course, during his time at FL, where I am now. And I'm not saying that because, of course, I work at the place that he worked at. It might be an easy put two and two together, but we were never at the company at the same time. Um, I've done a show with Charles. I watch his videos. He does some fantastic stuff. And it's kind of a really good example, Juno, of what I was talking about earlier, that this is a merciless, unforgiving, and in sometimes very unrewarding situation where 
great. You got a big exclusive, which, by the way, would have taken loads of work, loads of digging, and a really big moment for Charles to get that story out and fair play to him. And now all it is is, where, where you haven't done anything. Where's the next thing? What is it? What are you doing? That's not how this works. That's just, just not how it works. If, you, if you're desperate for information, go out and do it yourself. You know, go out and get your own contacts. Go out and do your own digging. Um, there's plenty of people that just prefer to just lie all over social media and pretend like they know stuff and pretend like they're breaking news. That's that's kind of where the issue's at for me is that the, the, the constant desire and address and need for info, uh, unfortunately, undermines a lot of brilliant work that a lot of other people and a lot of the colleagues around there do. Uh, Area Hart says, are the Tonali links true? I very much doubt it. That's why I've not really reported on them. They come out from Italy from not particularly the best place. So I've not touched upon them. If it was, you know, verified by a source that I think is worthy of note, I'll talk about it a bit more. Um, but the Evening Standard coming up and addressing that Pepe story, sure, I'll chat about it. But uh, yeah, no, not for me. Uh, I haven't and have no interest in the Tonali story at this stage. Uh, Deep Lemon says, Thomas Vieira match fit. He's back in full training. He's on the pitch and training with the ball. So hopefully he could be involved in the squad for the game against Leicester on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Uh, Cass says, why do Arsenal get linked to so many players when clearly there's not an ounce of truth in most of them? It's like uh, they use Arsenal as a name and it's been used as a scapegoat. I don't think it's used as a scapegoat. I think it's used as a ploy to, you know, get people to visit. Um, it's as simple as that, uh, to be honest. Uh, Robert says, hey, Tom, it would cost more than $32 million for an upgrade on our midfield. Why not just go for Tillemans? Is that overpaying? Uh, yes, I think it is overpaying for a player with a year left on his contract. I think £32 million for Tillemans with a year left, with an agreement already in place with the player, is too much to pay for him. I don't think that's a worthy price tag, in my opinion, just my view. And if Arsenal don't want to pay that yet, sure, it's frustrating. Sure, I think you can go out there and get him for probably around 25 but they're they're playing a hardball game right now. They're playing a risky game, and it may not pay off. And that's when I'll be critical. But for the moment, they don't want to overpay, and I have an element of respect for that. Uh, Sim, there's no chance we get Sangara now, I'm afraid. He's just signed a new contract at PSV. So you have to wait till at least next summer uh, for that. Uh, Hamster says, do you think it's slightly weird that we're holding out for his long, for this long on a matter of five-ish million pounds? And yet with Vieira, we paid far more for him than we will ever pay for Tielemans or Zinchenko. Far more is unrealistic. You know, we paid four million more than we did for Zinchenko. And it's two million more than the, uh, sorry, it's two million less than the price. Sorry, Vieira is two million more at 34 million pounds than what Tielemans would be. Is it? Is it slightly weird? I don't think so. Uh, Arsenal have a price, a value for a player, and if they don't want to go over that, they don't want to go over it. It might be frustrating, and we can be critical about it at the end of the summer if we don't bring anyone in. But right now, I, I understand where Arsenal and what Arsenal are doing. If you think about it, it's the 10th of August right now. There's 20-odd days left of the window. Leicester will be pressured into wanting to, well, into making a move on Tillemans because they could lose him for free in a year's time. I think Arsenal know that they've got a squad that are capable of winning these first five games and don't necessarily need Tielemans for these first five games. And that's what they're using as a bit of a tactic. I think it's a tactic. You know, I think it's very, very much a tactic at this stage um, to try and allow Arsenal to get a better deal for Yuri Tielemans. 
Uh, let's go to Manu. Says, great story. Thanks for the insight. What are your what are the rules around the January window for Tielemans? What's the pre-contract? So the rules would be, as with any player, as far as I'm aware, if you have your contract expiring in the summer, you can sign a pre-contract agreement with a club um, and you are able to join them. Um, I, ha- I do have a feeling that the pre-contracts, though, can only be done with clubs that are not in the same league as you. I remember the Eddie Nketiah situation and the following Balogun situation. I feel as though English teams could not sign pre-contract agreements with those players. So I'm people in the chat box might pick me up on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, So it has to be from a club abroad to sign a pre-contract with that player. Um, So there, I think that's right. So Arsenal couldn't sign a pre-contract with him but uh, another club across Europe could, but things go on unofficially all the time. So, you know, who's to say? Uh, Marie is gone, apparently. Uh, In the chat box, I can see people shouting, Marie is gone. Let's have a quick look. Arsenal are set to complete another outfield uh, outgoing after Lucas Torreira. Pablo Marie leaves the club and joins Italian side Monza. Full agreement reached. It's done. Pablo Marie leaves on loan with an obligation to buy if Monza stay up next season. Uh, I heard some whispers it might be around the 5 million euro mark. So uh, there you go. Uh, it might be around that figure. We'll have to wait and see. It might be way less than that because if you think about the Leno situation, we all thought it was around 8 million. Turns out it was around 3 million with a load of add-ons. So despite whispers, it might be about five. It might actually be in reality significantly less than that. So there you go. Uh, Mohammed says, a good preseason and win against Crystal Palace away doesn't mean everything. It's hunky-dory. We need signings, at least two, a midfielder, a wide player. Arsenal showing too much overconfidence. I don't think we are. I don't think, Mohammed, with respect, uh, we know enough to say they're being overconfident. Uh, they've done very good work in the window so far. They're moving very quickly now to get players out the door. And that's a really positive sign. You know, I thought the likes of Marie, Leno, Maitland-Niles, Bellerin. I thought their futures would be sealed in the final week of the window, if I'm honest. The fact that there is still 20 days left of the window and we're getting these players out is a good thing. You know, Maitland-Niles, I feel, is still very much a deadline day deal that's waiting to happen. Um, But it's good that we've got these players sorted and pretty much out the door well ahead of the end of the window. Uh, Ojo says, do we have to switch Odegaard to a different role in games like away at Palace? Tillemans would help us to play a a flat three. Uh, a la Liverpool instead of such games where physicality is more needed. Yeah, and I think, Ojo, this is one of the big things about having variation. You know, Dan said in the chat, do we need a central midfielder? We've got loads in the squad already. The honest answer is um, in games like this where you need a bit more variation, if you need to change Odegaard, perhaps Vieira can be that player, but he's very offensive-minded, whereas Tillemans is more of your box-to-box style midfielder. I think that Tillemans would be far better suited to a game like that. Uh, and potentially that's that's why we can have that kind of variation in the squad and that versatility as well. Um, I, I get it, guys. He's left. <laughs> why are we still shouting that Marie has gone? I get it. I hear you. <laughs> I understand. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate the time, as always, especially considering I know I've not been on top form this morning. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning at uh, at 8am, and I'll be back tomorrow evening at 6pm. There won't be another show today because it's my other half's birthday. So uh, if you want to wish her a happy birthday in the chat and in the comments, I'm sure she'd appreciate that. Um, but thank you for listening. Always appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, drop a like on the video. It really helps. There's over 1,200 of you watching, which is great. Um, so thank you for that. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, 
up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Kyla Tsinas. Kyla Tsinas. I'm Kyla Tsinas, and I have been training a global community of women since 2009. I've created a brand new podcast, Sweat Daily, to help you level up your life and reach your health and well-being goals. From fitness tips to food that fuels you, meditation to motivation, we've got you covered. Sweat Daily, the happiest, healthiest, and most confident version of you awaits. Available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.